Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Get ready. You're tuned in to Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea, bringing you the hottest trending topics on social media. Stay connected. Instagram.com slash Lovely Tea 2002. Hey, you guys. Thank you guys so much for joining me and welcome to another episode of Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea. I hope you guys are doing good today. So I am back with another podcast here. So I know a lot of people have been watching my Meg Thee Stallion video. It's gotten a lot of views. It's caused a lot of dialogue. Thank you to the people who see where I'm coming from and who appreciate the fact that I go a little bit further and I bring receipts. I just don't, you know, pull shit out my ass for clicks and views. So anyways, what we've all been waiting for, we've been waiting to hear from Carl Crawford himself, okay? So as of an hour ago, Carl did an interview with Billboard magazine and basically, he's telling his side of the story I'm going to go ahead and read to you guys the interview and what he had to say about the entire situation so sit back relax grab a teacup and sip slow because he's definitely spilling some tea okay so this is what billboard is saying according to Crawford after Meg signed to rock nation in September she went radio silence, opting to not pay him or 1501 any money that she owed. In Crawford's eyes, the hot girl summer MC's tactics were to avoid paying him for merchandise and live touring proceeds owed to him through the terms of their deal so that he would renegotiate her four-term album deal contract that she initially signed with 1501. Meg also signed a separate distribution deal with 300 Entertainment in 2019. Honey, everything that I researched, Everything that I said in the initial podcast, you guys are going to be so shocked at how accurate everything I was saying is. And again, I don't know these people. I don't, I've never met Meg. I don't know Carl. I seen a lot of y'all, you know, writing bullshit, talking about, you know, I'm sucking Carl's peen and, you know, I'm smashing Jay Prince and am I fucking both of these guys? Like some of the comments were just so rude and derogatory. It just made no sense. They were, of course, blocked. But the point is, I, sh I don't have to be smashing or, or doing sexual favors to random people that I don't know to just research and put the truth out there. So it's going to be very interesting when you read what he has to say compared to my initial podcast, okay? T-Grow Damas will not fail you guys. <laughs> Y'all be trying T-Grow Damas, honey. All right, so let me go ahead and carry on here. So Billboard asks him this. What was your initial reaction with Meg going on Instagram Live and accusing your label of preventing her from dropping new music? Carl says, my initial reaction was, man, I can't believe this is serious. She just has so many holes in her story that it's almost some delusional type stuff. The bubble of Hollywood and her 8 million followers have really clouded her head because the stuff that she's saying is not true. It's a whole lie. Nothing is true that she said. Me being greedy and taking money from her, that's crazy. I never try to take nothing from her. The only thing we ever did was give, give, give. Now she fell for the oldest trick in the industry, the conquer and divide theme. Everybody in the industry knows that's what Jay-Z and Rock Nation do. They come in, they find the smallest thing wrong with the problem because there weren't any problems before she left. Then they say, I don't want to negotiate. Okay, 
Tell everybody your definition of negotiating. Your definition is, okay, I'm going to send Suge Knight's old lawyers to come in, and this is a stick-up. Of course, I'm like, this isn't a negotiation. This is a robbery. They want to make it look like I'm greedy. No, they're the ones trying to keep me out of everything. She keeps saying them niggas over there negotiating my contracts. Them niggas are sitting right next to her. T. Ferris is the one. Her mom did the contract. I'm new to the business. I let this guy T. Ferris run my whole business because I knew absolutely nothing about it. Zero. So he wrote your contract up. I didn't do it. They want to make a big deal about it. We signed a deal. Honor your contract and let's just keep doing business how we've been doing it. And then everything is fine. Nobody is trying to rob you. Now, what did I point out yesterday in my video? Remember, I showed you guys the interview with 2 Chains, where even 2 Chains was saying that Jay-Z tried to basically take him away from his original team. So Carl is basically confirming that 2 Chains snip that I put in the video. So now this is the next question. When Meg announced her management deal with Rock Nation, from my understanding, you found out the news the same time as everyone else, correct? Carl then says, the guy T. Ferris, the one who's helping with my business, was handling Megan for me. She's a girl, so he was used to being a road manager. I was letting him handle all the business, and he said, we're going to Rock Nation. We got a meeting. I said, okay, cool. We're going to get to meet Jay-Z. I'm actually excited because I get to meet Jay-Z myself. You know, we look up to this man. I said, what's going on? He said, ain't no big deal. He's just finna show us around the building. Little small shit. I'm like, cool. Do I need to be there? He was like, nah, you know it ain't that serious. I said, well, okay, cool. I didn't go because we were just on tour with her. Me and Megan were perfectly fine at this moment. Next thing you know, I'm on a plane and I'm thinking the whole industry is going to try and take Megan for me, but not my homeboy. So I go and link up with Jay Prince, rap a lot CEO. Next thing you know, the picture is posted up on the internet and everybody's like, ooh, you bitter. No, I was already posting Jay Prince before when I found out like everybody else. I got emotional and made one comment and they took it and ran with it. Oh, he's bitter. He's mad. Look, I'm just trying to see what's up. I thought they had enough respect for me to at least tell me something. But it's cool. She didn't have to tell me about that. That's fine. But at the end of the day, tell them what their real plan was. Their real plan was to get you out of my contract so they can sign you to Rock Nation. That's all they wanted to do. We gave this girl a 60-40 split. Now go ask the artist about that. She got parts of her masters the first time. You think Jay-Z would have gave her a part of her masters on the first deal with Rock Nation? Fuck no. She's getting a hundred grand and a show and she don't want to pay up. That's what the issue's about. She signed to Rock Nation in August and decided that she didn't want to pay me no more. They're using that as a strong arm tactic so that I can so that I can renegotiate the contract. They're holding the money. They haven't paid me since August. She's done over fifteen shows. Y'all do the math. She gets a hundred grand a show. She owes me. I haven't recouped almost two million dollars that were spent on her. Building her up so rock nation could come around where was rock nation when we was grinding and riding around on them back streets rock nation was nowhere to be found soon as we spent our money blew it up now all of a sudden these strangers and people you just met they introduced you to beyonce and now we the devil we were just angels sent from the sky now we're the devil just because jay-z saved you you're so fake once again is that not what i was saying in the video 
that that was Rock Nation's plan all along. Why? Because the money is not in management. Any fucking Yahoo can manage somebody. You know, if you train them well enough, a parakeet can manage somebody. Okay? The money is in the production. They're trying to get Meg to sign to a Rock Nation production deal because that is what's going to generate not only wealth, but generational wealth if they also have access to her masters. So once again, everything I was saying is correlating with what Carl is saying in this interview. This is the next question. On her Instagram live, she repeatedly explained how she viewed her relationship with 1501 as a family. You're so you're also speaking on that family bond that you once shared with her. Where did that dynamic get lost in the midst of everything? Carl goes on to say this. Everything was cool until her lawyers came in and told me that it was pretty much a stick up. Unfortunately, when her mother died, the snake was able to come and crawl in position to influence her head and tell her stuff. If her mother would have been here, we wouldn't even be going through none of this stuff. Once her mother died, things started to change a bit. Everybody that wanted in, all the bloodsuckers were able to jump in. That's what happened. She got the dude T. Ferris right up under her. He's a snake. He did the contract. They had the lawyers. How didn't you read your contract? She signed two contracts. You signed one with me and you signed one with 300 Entertainment. You mean to tell me that your mom and your lawyers did, didn't read over stuff every time? Stop lying. You weren't 20. You were 23 years old. You was grown. You're a liar. Once again, what did I say in my initial podcast? Her mother was a part of the industry. There's no way her mother would have allowed her daughter to sign a deal that did not benefit her because her mother was also a, a rapper or something like that, I believe. But she knew the ins and outs of the industry. So there's no way. And I also told you guys that she wasn't 20. She was 23. Then he goes on to say this. She got 8 million followers that know they can pounce on me because I'm smaller. She knows she's going to win when it comes to that shit right there. But I don't care about that. They can trash me whatever they want to do. But the real is you got Hollywood and you got up under Rock Nation and you're acting like you don't have to honor your contract no more. Then you want to say you try to negotiate. Man, you sent your lawyers in there and they want to take me out. She owe me four albums and they want to offer me one album and take everything away. Way. they're crazy then they go on to ask him this what about her claiming that she's only been paid 15,000 by the label Carl says how has she been paid 15,000 as soon as we signed the 300 I wrote her a check for 50 grand it's signed with her name on the check we can show you the proof that's another thing I got all my receipts they know it I got all the receipts. We gave her a $10,000 advance when we first signed her and gave it to her mother. I don't know what happened to that. 300 gave me a $200,000 check when we first signed. I gave her 50000 of it. I didn't have to give her that. That was mine at the time. And we never told her no a day in our lives. She got on some real hating shit or whatever and just didn't want me around. How can I be mean to you? I was never around you. I didn't do nothing. You barely saw me. Then they go on to ask him this. She's also claiming that there was a producer associated with the label that threatened physical harm to her, along with a lot of social media attacks being aimed at her from your side. Carl goes on to say, I don't even know about that. I don't even know about social media because I'm getting threats. They're threatening me, my kids, everybody. So look, that just kind of comes with it. I don't know what producer could be threatening her. She just lies so much. She tried to say that we didn't do nothing for her. Well, I got five hundred to $800,000 worth of receipts 
that show that we did do something for her. So I don't know what T. Ferris is over there telling you or if he did everything because he takes the credit. She likes to give T. Ferris the credit about discovering her. She's so fucking blind by it that she's trying to make it seem like I'm a bad person. Listen, all she has to do is pay me my money. That's all I want. I don't want to be around her. I don't want nothing going on. I just want what's mine. Then Billboard asks him this. Let's run through the numbers that Meg is claiming in her lawsuit against 1501. She says 1501 gets 60% of her recording income. Carl says, right, she gets 40%. Then Billboard says, but she's claiming that the chunks of 40% is being given to third-party people like producers, mixers, featured artists, etc. Is that true? He says, nah, I don't think that's true either. It's a great deal. She wants to talk about a bad deal. She's disrespecting her mother by saying that because her mother and T. Ferris are the ones who did it. Those two worked out the deal with the lawyer. I didn't have anything to do with it. Then Billboard says, you guys supposedly got 30% of all her tour money and 30% of her merchandise as well. Carl says, well, we did a 360 deal where it was 70-30. The reason why it was 70-30 is because we gave up so much. We gave up part of her master's right now. We gave her a 60-40 split. That's why we got so much on that side. We knew we did some stuff that people don't do. This is how I was getting in the business. This is how I was able to get her to sign with us because I wanted to make sure we overdo it. That way we can get her. So she got a great deal. She's just over there with Rock Nation and she's mad because somebody said something bad about her one time. She's acting like people can't speak their truth. Like she's the only one that has a truth. If you watch her in her interviews, she looks like a little kid just being silly. It's like she's not even taking it seriously. Look at it. Everybody knows. She's so silly telling everybody I didn't do nothing here in Houston, Texas when we sat here and watched it from day one. She's such a fraud. The rest of the world can get mad at me, but they're not in Houston. They don't know how it started. They can call me bitter, but put it this way to your little 8 million followers that don't give a fuck about me anyways. If somebody comes and tries to take your shit, you're going to fight back too. It wasn't no renegotiation. It was take this or else. That's why the beef started. Then Billboard says this. When's the last time you spoke to Meg? Secondly, do you feel that this relationship can be salvaged outside of court, especially since you and her both lean on the word family and how you initially valued each other? Carl says, I don't know at this point because it's so bad. I don't want that to happen. Right now, I'm just trying to make sure that fair is fair. I just want to be fair. Nobody wants to stop her music. I understand that, but she ignored me since August. I haven't spoken to her since August. This is what's going on. She hasn't tried to do nothing. She hasn't made one payment since August. You do the math. See how many months that is and add it up. Anybody would be pissed off. You owe me money that I recouped. You owe me show money. You owe me damn near two million. You damn near in the hole for two million. You want to get up and out because Rock Nation told you you could. And that's how it is. She's just young and does not know the business and how you're supposed to honor contracts. They want to take advantage of me because I'm new to the business and don't know nothing. This is what Rock Nation do. They harp on the week. I guarantee you, if I didn't have Jay Prince right now, I wouldn't even be able to talk to you, bro. Rock Nation would have already took this shit. This shit would have already been took from me. All my hard work would have went down the drain. And I'm here to fight this. Ooh-wee. So that was a long read. But that is what Carl has to say about the situation. 
And, you know, I believe everything he's saying. Everything he's saying correlates with my research. This is nothing but a strong arm tactic by Rock Nation, who got into Meg the Stallion's head. She thinks the grass will be greener on the other side. And so now she's trying to basically shit on the same people who looked out for her. I told y'all from jump, there's no way that her mother could be, you know, in the in the industry and be that savvy and just allow her daughter to sign anything. Meg is making up stuff. To me, at this point, she's definitely coming off like a narcissist. And this is just really sad. Now, there's something else interesting that we found today while doing some more research. Y'all know my tea sippers be on it, honey. Somebody had left a comment. That basically that Meg does not even own her name. She doesn't own Hot Girl Summer. Everything has been trademarked by a company. So let me go ahead and read to you guys this comment real quick. So this person says, first of all, how old does my daughter think I am? Do I know Meg the Stallion? Come on now. I heard that she filed an application for Hot Girl Summer a few months ago. But on the request of my daughter, I looked her up and did what I do. I snooped. And found out that Hot Girl Summer, Hot Girl Meg, and Meg the Stallion, Tina Snow, and other Meg the Stallion colloquialisms are owned by Theory Entertainment, her previous management company. The real question is, what's going to happen now that she's signed to Rock Nation? Several other marks have been issued. Office actions require Meg's consent. I'm looking forward to see how this plays out. So this is what one mother wrote randomly. And so people, of course, started doing research. And what we found is that all of those names that she mentioned, Meg the Stallion, Hot Girl Summer, they're owned by a company called Theory Entertainment LLC, right? Now, if you guys remember, and here goes the serial number, the company name, all that stuff. Now, if you guys remember this summer, the Shade Room and other blogs were basically posting and they were saying that Meg the Stallion files trademark for Hot Girl Summer. And that was like back in July when, you know, her and Nicki Minaj were promoting the song and all that stuff. So that's what the Shade Room and everybody was promoting. But if the Shade Room had done their job, they would have realized that even if she was filing, too late. Because all of that stuff was already filed by some company. And I don't know if Meg knew it or she was there when they, you know, submitted the trademarks. But she cannot trademark something that somebody else owns. So we did some more research because I'm like, well, damn, is this a, a third or a fourth company that Meg somehow signed to? Like how many companies are in the pot when it comes to Meg the Stallion's brand? So from our research, what we were able to come up with is that Theory Entertainment LLC, they are basically one and the same as 300 Entertainment. So I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break. We have a word from our sponsor. So go ahead and check this out and I'll be right back. Experience healthier hair. Maintain a beautiful glow and much needed pain relief with the Dope Beauty Skincare Collection. Our products are infused with our CBD oil and U.S. Authority Hemp Certified. When you use our all-natural products, you know exactly what you're getting. With safety at the top of our priority list, Dope Beauty is raising awareness in minority communities about the benefits of CBD hemp extract. With options ranging from shampoo to whipped body butter, try Dope Beauty today and experience the CBD glow up. All right, so let's go ahead and finish spilling the rest of this tea. So basically what everything boils down to is this. The 300 Entertainment Company is the same as Theory Entertainment LLC. And they basically own Meg Thee Stallion's brand. 
the name, Hot Girl Summer, Hot Girl Meg, all of that stuff, okay? And who owns both of these companies? Remember, we discussed this yesterday in my podcast. Uh, one of the main owners is Lior Conan and Kevin Lyle, okay? So I'm going to show you how Jay-Z and Rock Nation tie into all of this, okay? So yeah, keep sipping. There's more to come. He owns that company. He's the owner, him and Kevin Lyles. I talked about that yesterday. So they also own her name. They also own Hot Girl Summer. So this goes really deep. This whole situation goes really deep. And Meg is definitely going to be in for a big fight. Um, and especially if they even attempt to go after 300, it's going to be a big fight, especially being that he owns a lot of her stuff. And I also find it very interesting that she's not fighting, you know, Leah Conan as hard as she's fighting Carl Crawford. And that's because we all know um, Leah Conan and Kevin Lyles, they have a very close relationship with Jay-Z and Rock Nation. I don't think they want that type of smoke. So that's why they're fighting hard to go after Carl, because at least they have a relationship with 300 and maybe they can do some kind of merger or some type of deal, you know, to get the distribution and, you know, all that stuff in-house under the Rock Nation umbrella. The only person they don't have a relationship with like that is Carl. So that's why they're fighting hard to boot him out. But everybody's ignoring the fact that she also signed a contract with 300 Entertainment and who owns that. Now, what I find interesting about this is that yesterday everybody was screaming, oh, her going to Rock Nation is a way better deal. It's a bigger platform. And that I do agree. But nobody is talking honestly about where Jay-Z learned these shady ways from, okay? Where he learned to be shady with Rock Nation and coming in and trying to kick the little guy out and then steal their artists and, and you know, bring their artists in. Because, again, like I said earlier in the podcast, you know, 2 Chains was one of the few people, you know, who talked about this, how Jay-Z tries to come in and divide and conquer and take you away from the people who started with you and then make you feel like, you know, once you get with him, you'll be in, be you'll be in better hands, it'll be greener pastures and everything else. Well, where he learned this, tactic from is from Lee R. Conan. Okay. That's where he learned it from. And it's funny that Lee R. Conan is also the other label that, that Meg the Stallion is signed to. But for some strange reason, she's not mad at them. She's not trying to sue them. She's not trying to get out that contract, which to me makes no sense because at the end of the day, it's, it's two labels that you're signed to. So why is only one label a thorn in your side? You guys have to ask yourself that. The rabbit hole goes deep. The reason why Carl's label is a thorn in their side is because Carl is over here riding with Jay Prince. He don't give a damn about a Jay-Z. He's calling out Jay-Z. Whereas 300, the owner of 300 Entertainment, is one of Jay-Z's good friends. Has been rocking with Jay-Z for years. So I'm going to go ahead and play you guys this clip. Y'all go ahead and sip on this 90s tea. 20 years, let's say. But they did a great thing because what they did was they were they were focused fully on independence. But what happened was um, from my own recollection and from my own studies and writing this book is that Leo Cohen uh, was very influential of Jay-Z breaking away from Damon Biggs at the time to go corporate because he wanted him to actually reach a larger audience, which is, you know, that's that's understandable as far as, you know, business goes. But you know, it turned into him alienating his brothers, you know, and going, he went that route and believed in what Leo Cohen was telling him, which was a form of torturous interference. 
you know, um, that's 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 irresponsible for him to do that within the business. Um, and within he was with Def Jam to divide the company. You know, he had a lot to do with breaking that company up. And who who knows what we would have seen if Rockefeller stayed together with all those great groups. You know, you had Dipset, you had Cam, you know, Cam and Dipset, you had State Property and Beans, you had all these great people that were in a high creative mode. And as soon as everything was at its peak, it fell apart. And- all right. So you guys just saw that clip. So like I said, the rabbit hole goes really deep. And you have to ask yourself why they're fighting so hard to take Meg Thee Stallion from this black man who, who put his money and his time into her. Why are they trying to fight him so hard to get her out of that contract, but they're not trying to fight just as hard to get her out of 300's contract? And I think the saddest thing of all this is the fact that Carl really trusted Meg and he wanted the best for her. Think about it. She really got a good deal. Isn't it funny when she was doing all that ranting and and raving and sucking on the dang on lollipop like it was a cigar stick? Notice how she never made one mention that she owns half of her masters, which is completely unheard of in this industry, especially for a new artist. That is one of the deals that her mom was able to get her. She owns half of her masters. On top of that, now they did get money, you know, from her mixtape sales and stuff like that. But they trusted her so much that they allowed her to go on tour with T. Ferris, the guy that she's riding with who's done a lot of shady stuff to Carl. They allowed her to go on tour, and then they expected her to basically cut them a check. A lot of people, they don't play that. If you're going on tour and they're booking you for tours, they're getting their dibs first. They're going to take their cut right off the top, and then you'll get whatever is left from the touring. They allowed Megan to get whatever she wanted off the top and then thought that their relationship was strong enough where she would just cut them a check every month. Every time she went on tour, she'd send them a check. But now that she's with Rock Nation and she has Rock Nation, Jay-Z, you know, T. Ferris and all these people in her head, the checks done stop. And that is really what's bothering Carl. He hasn't been paid since August. This was his investment. He's the one who booked these, you know, these tours for her, got her popping, and now he's completely cut out the deal. They're trying to strong arm him out of the deal. So to all y'all who keep saying, oh, Meg didn't say she wanted to leave. She just wanted to renegotiate. It's deeper than that. She may have not verbally said, I want to leave, but her actions and everything that she's doing and the people that she's running with tells me that was her plan as soon as she got with Rock Nation. And if you can't see that, then that's on you. I don't know how much further I can break it down for the people who have common sense and see through the bullshit. Y'all understand where I'm coming from. So you can't fool me with with tears and fake emotion. That doesn't move me over here. I'm moved by facts and receipts. And this entire situation is shady. And I'm glad that Carl is stating his side of the story and he's speaking out because this happens a lot more than what you guys know. This happens a lot to independent record labels Small record labels who are trying to, you know, help people blow up. Matter of fact, there's a black woman. She's the one who first discovered little Uzi. Put a bunch of money into him only for him to get swept up by the big people. You know, the big corporate people, the shiny diamonds. And they and little Uzi left her in the dust. Y'all go ahead and check this out. First big records that I produced was Super Ho, Nicki Minaj. Um, mm-hmm. uh, touring. Tour with Nikki, of course. Tour with Lil Mama, and then uh, you know I discovered Lil Uzi. 
So, yeah, you know. You discovered Little Uzi? Now, that I didn't know. You didn't know that? Nah. Yeah. How did that happen? Because I always wonder about Little Uzi because he don't look or sound like nothing coming out of Philadelphia. Well, and why didn't you sign him to yourself? Y'all want to talk? Yes. yes. Okay. What happened. <laughs> All right. So, um, so with Uzi, you know, he had came, he used to come to the studio with his friend. Um, his friend was the rapper. Uzi used to just, you know, hang with him or whatever. He had a couple songs, nothing too big or whatever. My husband called me, Buzz, and he said, yo, it's this kid, Samir. I really like him. I think we should work with him. And I said, let me check him out. So we, I looked him up, met him, loved him. Uh, we started creating songs we created, like, uh, What Do You Want? And we created the song Uzi, you know, all of his earlier mm-hmm. hits. Um, I played it on the radio. Cannon hit me. Cannon was like, yo, Diamond, who's that kid you played on your set? I said, his name is Uzi. It's an artist that we working with. He was signed to our management at the time. And uh, Cannon said, I want to come down and meet him. Then at the same time, Cannon was interested. Kanye was interested. You know, Cannon didn't want to lose him to yay. You know what I mean? So he said, Uzi, come down to Atlanta. Let me show you all how we work. If you like how we work, you know what I mean? You can sign with us and take it from there. We was all excited because, mm-hmm. you know, we be in this. You know how it is. And you especially when you're in the studio all of the time, you just working, you got all of these artists, we like, hey, we finally made it. Like, and at the time, you were his manager. Yeah, well, yeah, me and Your my husband, Buzz, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, um, so you know, we was, we was all excited. Uzi was excited, we was excited. He went to Atlanta, started, you know, little by little, he wasn't talking to us anymore. Um, I had called Ken, and I'm like, yo, Ken, what's up, what's going on? He was like, I don't know, he don't want us to tell y'all what's going on with him, and it's that's pretty much how it happened. We heard on the street that he got signed to Atlantic. And wow. Yeah. So, so, but it wasn't he signing your management company? Or? Yeah, yeah. So what's his deal? Isn't he signed to Canon and Drama, though, also? How did... Yeah, he signed Yeah, he signed to them. They have a production deal, I mm-hmm. believe, with production Atlantic. Deal. Yeah. Um, we had management. It got a little tricky. You know what I mean? We didn't get burnt. But uh, it was a it was a fight. It did was, y'all at least get paid? Yeah, we yeah we we was taken care of. He paid you out the page you to get out the management deal basically. Yeah, that and you know a couple other things. But the label took care of it to make sure everything was right. Uh, right, right, right. What's your relationship with Uzi now? I haven't spoken to him in years. That's I mean, crazy. I had I have you know I had chances too because of course he's done things with our station you know and I came up here to the to powerhouse um up here in New York and. But I don't know, you know, you you know when you see you somebody again, right. yeah, you yeah. want it to be right. right. You know, that kind of hurt me because he was like my little brother. We used to play all the time in the studio. Like, you know, this was, we all felt, we all wanted to be happy. We all wanted to celebrate. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that's how that situation ended. Mm-hmm. But Whose fault was it? Was it the label for getting in his ear? Was it Cannon and Drama's fault getting in his ear? Like, whose fault was it? I Somebody mean, got in his ear and said, cut Diamond cuts them off. Yeah, somebody probably did get in his ear. Or maybe he just was like, you know what? They did what they did. Let me keep it I'm moving. I'm out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, I was I was in a dark space for a long time. And I- All right, so you guys just saw a snippet of that interview. So now do y'all understand that when these artists cry and cry foul, I, I just don't care. I don't shed tattoo tears for them. Because, again, these people are adults. They know what they're signing. And a lot of times they're not telling the full picture. It's a lot easier to make your management team, the production team, the people behind the scenes look like the devil without ever really having to explain what all you did to get to this situation. What all they really did to help you when you were a nobody as far as music goes. 
So it's going to be very, very interesting to see how all of this plays out. But I really wanted to break this down. And I really wanted to, you know what I'm saying, share with you guys what Carl had to say about this situation. So anyways, y'all, thank you so much once again for tuning in to Tea Time Unfiltered with Lovely Tea. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and I will talk to you guys again. Have a good evening. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure you join us again soon. For all the latest tea, make sure you follow me on my social media pages. Just put in L-O-V-E-L-Y-T-I on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.